new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Welcome to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. Welcome back to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards. This is your founder and host, Brooks Hansen. We're here for an emergency podcast to talk about some breaking news that lead writer Christian Fowler just broke on Twitter. Uh, obviously, we're recording this post-breaking news. So this is a reaction to the news. Christian Fowler joins me now. Christian, tell us what the news is and your immediate reaction to it. So Memphis running back Kenny Gamewell has opted out of the season. Uh, this is something that he informed the staff of earlier this week uh, and was kind of going back and forth on a decision, and then it, it just got finalized uh, relatively recently. It's obviously major news. I mean, all year we've been talking about Memphis's offense and how they look going into the season, and the three pillars of that offense are Brady White, DeMonte Coxie, and Kenny Gainwell. So it's a massive loss. Kenny was uh, a back that had 2,000-plus scrimmage yards last year, 16 touchdowns, average 7.3 times he touched the ball on offense. So a major piece of Memphis's offense is now gone for the season. Uh, like I said, obviously a big loss. This is someone that Memphis was relying on heavily going into this year. I think he was going to be used a little differently just from asking around with sources inside the team and, and getting some knowledge on how they were planning on using him. And this was my theory coming into the year and the staff kind of uh, – so, I mean, people, people inside of the organization kind of led me to the same belief that I was already thinking, and that's that Kenny was going to get more work in the slot this year than he did last year, and that's because Memphis doesn't really have a proven slot guy at this point. Pop Williams is, is back this year after an ACL injury, but he never really had any big games or big moments for Memphis other than that punt return against Tulsa. Calvin Alston had some good games last year, but but never really broke out completely. So the plan was this year, obviously, he was going to be the starting running back, but he was going to work out of the slot as well uh, with Rodriguez Clark playing in the backfield due to his emergence you know, during camp and, and what they've seen from him so far during the fall. Uh, they really had a lot of belief in Rodriguez. So it was going to be Rodriguez in the backfield, Kenny in the slot, or Kenny in the backfield. So they had a lot of plans to get him out in space, which was perfect for him. I think he could have had an even better uh, season this year than he did last year. But obviously, when you sit down and you talk to your family and those close around you, and that's that's obviously the decision that the family and himself came up with, they feel like that's the best decision for them. And he's going to prepare for the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, and I still think he's going to have a great NFL career. So it could hurt his draft stock, potentially. I've seen him as high as a third-round pick, maybe a late second-round pick as of right now. Could he have boosted his stock? Definitely. But uh, I think he'll still fall probably in that third or fourth round uh, in the 2021 draft, even without playing this year, because his talent was on display all season. Well, any other year, this probably would have been a, an absolutely drastic blow to Memphis and Ryan Silverfield or, or the head coach at the time. But Memphis, as it stands, like you alluded to already, has just a – they've got a stable of playmakers. 
Uh, they got Dreek Clark, who's obviously an emerging back. And then they've got a former four-star Auburn running back in Asa Martin. They've got Kylan Watkins in the backfield as well. And then you look on the outside, you've got receivers that are just primed and ready for breakout seasons. So big picture, what's this do for Memphis's depth in terms of playmakers, not necessarily running back or slot receiver? What's it do? Who steps up into that role? Yeah, as I mean, as I mentioned, he was expected to play a receiver and a running back role, so it does hurt there as far as playmakers go. But I just mentioned someone who I've been saying since last year was going to have a breakout season, and that's Calvin Austin. I've been saying that Calvin Austin was going to have a breakout year. He showed flashes last year, especially when you look at that Houston game, that he can be a starting caliber slot receiver in the American. So I think he's going to have to step up. He's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders now uh, to be the primary slot guy. I think Pop Williams will will also rotate in. But in my opinion, Calvin Olsen is your starting slot. You still have DeMonte, who is the leading receiver in the country, most receiving yards of anybody coming back this season. So you still have that weapon. The guys that you just mentioned in the backfield, uh, It's if there was ever a year to lose a starting running back from Memphis, it's this year. Running back is the deepest position group on their team, in my opinion. I think Rodriguez Clark is going to surprise a lot of people. When he came out of high school, Brooks, me and you talked about him and raved about him a ton. For me, it was Jalil Clemens and Rodriguez Clark were the best two players that they got in that 2019 class. So there's going to be a lot riding on his shoulders as well. Uh, Asa Martin, obviously a good talent, was a four-star coming out of high school, went to Auburn and Miami, never really was able to crack the rotation, but has all the potential to be a very good running back in the American Conference. Can he put it all together this year? Kylan Watkins is probably their best leftover receiving running back with Kenny gone. Uh, can he kind of fill in as a receiving back and as a scat back and make some plays out in space? So, I mean, what you really see now from a playmaking standpoint is you lost a lot in Kenny Gainwell, but you have guys that can piece it together and be very good playmakers, but can they perform? That's the only question that comes now. Can they perform when the games start? And if they can, Memphis's offense will be fine. Let's not pretend that this is something new for Memphis fans or the Memphis program. Let's rewind one year. Memphis very early in the season, lost starting running back Patrick Taylor. And guess who stepped up? An unheralded, under-recruited, running, freshman running back from Mississippi named Kenny Gainwell. So for the second year in a row, Memphis loses its primary back, and they've got yet another unheralded, under-recruited back from the state of Mississippi ready to take over the reins. So all of these questions loom. You've got questions about slot, about receivers. You've got who's going to take you know take on that role that Kenny held. And the great news for Memphis fans is we don't have you know long to wait. If you're if you're out there waiting to answer those questions as a Memphis fan or as a media member, you've got six days. So those questions will be answered very soon. And joining us now is digital content producer Kenny Stubblefield. I had a question for Kenny. Big picture, Kenny, looking across the nation. This is kind of a trend you see with some of the top-rated prospects across college football and conferences that are playing. Where does Kenny Gainwell's decision to opt out fall within the big picture, the big scheme of things across the landscape of college football? Well, I mean, you can see the list um, 
all over the internet of, of players that have have left programs. Um, as I'm looking through it, I see names like you know Sage Surratt. I look at names like Micah Parsons left, um, uh, Rondell Moore left, um, and Christian knows a lot of these names um, by heart. So if I'm missing any, Christian, let me know. Um, but there's a lot of players that are first round draft pick um, guys that were coming back to play for their college programs that have left. Um, and I guess that, that I think Christian will probably be able to answer that question better. Like, where do you think, um, you know, Kenny lines up in terms of some of the talent that has left and, and, you know, his projections as a, as an NFL player, where does he line up in terms of, of, of what, what's next for him? So he's not a surefire first round pick. Like most of these guys, Jamar Chase is a, is in big boards, a top three to five overall player, the number one overall receiver. A lot of people have Micah Parsons as the top defensive player, definitely the top inside linebacker, Sage Surratt, another big time receiver, Rashad Bateman, another uh, projected first round receiver Caleb Fairley from Virginia Tech a projected first round corner so a lot of these guys are players that know that they are more than likely going to be a first round pick even if they do not play this season which makes Kenny's opt-out a little bit more interesting than the risk because most of these guys it doesn't matter you know like Jamar Chase is a perfect example what he did last year one of the best college football receiver seasons of all time he's still going to be a first round pick there's no doubt about it everyone saw what he put on tape last year there may be some questions. Can he do it with a quarterback that's not Joe Burrow, X, Y, Z? Doesn't matter. He'll st- still be a first round, probably a top 10 lock pick. Kenny Gainwell, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a third to fourth round pick right now, you know, going into this season with an opportunity to get up to a second round pick, probably at the highest. I couldn't really see him sneaking into the to the first round, but I think his highest ceiling was a second round pick. And now it becomes... Where does he? Is he a third or fourth round guy, or does he keep slipping because he only has one year of production? So it gets a little bit interesting. And the biggest critique I've seen of Kenny's game isn't about his actual game, it's about his size. So if he would have put on some weight, put on some muscle, and come onto the field this season and look bigger and bulkier, I think that would have immediately helped his stock because a lot of NFL teams get scared of the smaller, skinnier backs. Uh, some examples would be like Rashad Penny and CJ Procise, who both played. Uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, their bodies couldn't hold up in the NFL just because they were smaller built guys. So that was the biggest question mark about Kenny. So he could have immediately answered some of those questions uh, in that Arkansas State game if he just appeared to be a bigger, bulkier back. But on the flip side of that, that's what he gets to do until the draft now, until he goes uh, to an NFL training camp, is he can work on his body and his physique uh, get bulkier, get faster, and train specifically to be an NFL prospect. So I think there's there's two sides of this coin completely. I think there's two different perspectives that you can look at it from. You can make an argument that he should have stayed to boost his draft stock, or you can make an argument that he put a great year on film and now he's going to go work on his body and get ready for the NFL. So it's one of those situations where you can look at it either way, but as I mentioned earlier, this is what his family and he, and he himself felt was best for him moving forward, and that's why they made the decision. Well, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We can try to say Memphis is loaded, that they've got tremendous playmakers. This is obviously, there's no way to sugarcoat it here. This is a big loss. But again, six days. Give Ryan Silverfield and this Memphis Tigers team six days to answer your questions. I think that they've got a tremendous opportunity now to show what they do in terms of player development and recruiting uh, and what they've got waiting in the wings. This is a weird season, and it just, you know, I think it's only fitting that Memphis has a, a weird start to the year. So, Christian, you got anything else before we we head out? 
Yeah, I got one last thing real quick, and I'm I'm in the same boat as you completely. Everyone knows how high I've been on Kenny Gainwell, so I'm not trying to understate his loss at all. I think even if these running backs come out and are better than most people think they are, they're still not Kenny Gainwell-level running backs. I think Rodriguez-Clark could get there towards the end of this year, maybe next year. I think he still needs a little bit more development. So it's a huge loss regardless. But at least for Memphis, they still have the most important position on a football team, and that's quarterback. And the biggest thing about an offense when you have moving parts and things going wrong, the biggest thing to keep an offense at bay is a veteran quarterback with leadership and experience, and Memphis has exactly that. So that helps them in the long run. I know that at Memphis fans, this sucks right now. You just lost uh, arguably your best player, probably your best player on, on your entire team. But at least Memphis still has a veteran quarterback that can come in and lead this group. Uh, tell those tell those younger running backs when they're uh, when when they're a little bit confused or not sure what to do. Help them and, and get them ready over these next six days to prepare them to go play football. And then in in game situations, if like I said, they're a little bit confused or are still trying to figure things out, Brady knows exactly what they're supposed to do. So he can help them out, calm them down, level them out, kind of ease that stress and ease them into being a every down back for a college football team. I feel like it's only fitting that University of Memphis or some crazy, uh, you know, like street corner t-shirt shop, print some shirts with hashtag Brady knows on them. I, I think it's a uh, it's only fitting for this season. He seems to be the glue that is going to hold the University of Memphis' football season together for 2020-21. So stay tuned, stay locked in to Go Tigers 247 for more breaking news from Christian Fowler. Great perspective today, guys. Appreciate you joining me very last minute and spur of the moment. Y'all stay tuned. It's been good. Let's get back to work. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers in 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.